0: Welcome along to You Have Been Watching, the podcast that invites different guests each episode to choose some of their favourite telly shows. They'll be asked to pick four separate shows from each of our categories and a couple of bonus choices as well. Why? Because they've won our made-up competition to spend a weekend away at a luxurious travel lodge in the heart of Preston. Joining me as ever for this televisual adventure is Luke Bateman, a man who uses the same disposable water bottle for everything. He'll probably die of plastic poisoning. And straggling along at sloth speed is my best mate and arch
1: nemesis Elliot Williams, a man who is so willing to ever break into a jog that at the first sign of an axe-wielding murderer, he'd likely ask them for a lift to the nearest train station.
0: (laughs) It's true. It's probably true. See, it's funny that you call me a sloth every week. You have done for this series. I have, yeah.
1: I'm going to continue to do so. Is that all right? (laughs) That's
0: fine. That's fine. Some would say it's rude, ignorant and racist. but I, I, I won't. I quite like sloths. Yeah, you do like sloths. Therefore... I have made you a present. I haven't just got you a present. I've made you a present. Is it whatever's
1: wrapped inside that salmon-coloured hoodie? It is.
0: This is actually my uh, pyjama top. Okay. So I have got you something that you can put on your mantelpiece... That reminds you of me. You haven't seen this yet. You've made this. I've made this. Um, I can't unwrap it from the, the top. One handed. One handed. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. This is the hardest. You've made this. This is difficult. This <laughs> <laughs> is like
1: past the parcel when the kids take a bit too long for the music.
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it sounds metal. <laughs> what is it? Is it. Okay. A... This you can put on your mantelpiece. You haven't made. Oh, you haven't? I have made, it. made and painted this. Wow. It is a sloth. So it's like... It, that. Um, looks like a little bit... It's got something so wrong with its eye. It's like a porcelain... Um on there. <laughs> that just sounds like banging. <laughs> There's not a pound That's in it. That's very
1: nice. I'll try and describe. The money, the um, the mouth looks like a money box slot. Yeah, it's very nice. It's very, very brown. It's like chocolate mousse-coloured sloth, which sloths aren't, aren't really that colour, but I like the try. The eyes are <laughs> a bit stained. The <laughs> eyes droop down quite a lot. It's yeah. like when you hold your eyelids
0: down. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's a good effort. When, when did you do this? Oh, I did, did this a few this? weeks ago now, but it's been in the kiln recently, as one does. Wow. Did you make this when you were um, staying
1: with your, your younger cousins or have you I done did this we back? did a little
0: activity morning and we did that what did they make a uh, heap of shit really <laughs> uh, it was that one did a dinosaur but it wasn't really a dinosaur he just put the paintbrush on it, it really it needs to be caved in with a shovel he wasn't that good at it it's very good it's also got a
1: hole at the bottom which I assume you can cover up with a little bit of um, like a little plastic thing that goes in at the bottom well,
0: you, you can do but you have to have that in order for the fire to get inside oh really yeah. I didn't
1: know that it's a good job actually a really good job
0: that's quite a good like you put little bits of black on
1: the green leaves i like Thanks. that mate. i'm gonna I go. will put that on my mantelpiece <laughs> yeah
0: every time you say a sloth or every time you wake up in the morning you're gonna see me looking like a sloth yeah thank you yeah i like that well good effort Thanks. we got Fergus Craig on the show today. Comedian, writer, actor. What is he not?
1: <laughs> he's not a nasty guy, I'll tell you <laughs> that.
0: Um, yeah,
1: really been um, enjoying over the last couple of months his um, posh dad talks to his son at uni, Twitter videos. They've been blowing up big time and for anyone that doesn't know his previous work, he's been in um, CBBC shows that we grew up with like Sorry I've Got No Head, which we're going to touch on I believe in the episode and um, he's hilarious. He used to be one half of the double act with an actor called Colin Holt. Fergus
0: and Colin. Couple of things one pork scratchings didn't sponsor us at the end the bastards and two uh this was recorded on the hottest day of the year it was about 45 to 50 degrees in this very room that we are recording in now i cannot even tell you the amount of sweat that poured into a river that was the floor below it got pretty pretty sweaty also one of fergus's choices
1: is a completely completely original choice we've never had before so look mm, out for that
0: intriguing i think i might have a listen <laughs> and here it is it's fergus craig's episode of you have been watching <laughs> So here on You Have Been Watching, we imagine that our special guest has won a weekend away in a hotel room in Preston, where all they can do is lie back and watch telly. They'll be choosing four of their favourite ever TV shows, and we'll be hearing why they've chosen them and what it means to them. At the end, we'll also ask them which television personality they want to spend their weekend with and what they'd like to eat. Our competition winner today is Fergus Craig.
1: Born 23rd of July 1980, presumably conceived around 23rd of October 1979, Fergus is a hugely successful stand-up actor and writer. He's worked extensively in radio and television, working on many BAFTA-nominated shows along the way. Fergus has recently hit the big time with the youth of today, becoming a little bit of a viral sensation on social media with his out-of-touch posh dad character, a man who can't work the Wi-Fi, has never done the weekly shop and has never even heard of Zoom. After graduating from the University of Manchester, Fergus teamed up with friend and long term collaborator Colin Holt, forming a double act that was wildly received on the comedy circuit and at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival during the early noughties. In 2009, Fergus won the prestigious Hackney Empire New Act of the Year as a stand up and has gone on to support Russell Kane on tour and starred in a huge array of sitcoms, including Extras, Stafflet's Flats, The Wrong Man's and Hoff the Record, and sketch shows as well, including Cardinal Burns, Star Stories, and Anna and Katie. Fergus really is wincing at the computer screen just like his alter ego, trying to make head or tail of what is going on. Hello, Fergus. How are you? Any discrepancies? Have you got a large head now? I hope you have. That was amazing.
2: Yeah, that was like, um, I imagine I'll never get to hear my Desert Island Discs intro. (laughs) That was as good a substitute as you'll you'll get. Only one error. Yes. Yes didn't go to the University of Manchester went to Manchester Metropolitan University oh okay I think it, does it say
1: that on my Wikipedia it might well do I have used it other was... sources other than just Wikipedia I promise but no, I was a fine. shout out to Wikipedia think you have I can tell I
0: can tell you this is well researched <laughs> it is worth pointing out that today is the hottest day of the year to be doing a podcast we're in a room that's 50 degrees right now I'm sure you're in about 33 degrees so as we say if we do sweat we do apologize I've looked it up qH city um which is of course in the middle
1: least it's 44 degrees today oh naturally it's about 50 (laughs) in here um are you comfortable are you okay there
2: i'm not that bad i've got a nice through breeze going on i've opened my front door oh i can only dream of a through breeze Um, and the patio door so i've got a good through breeze going on i realized in the last couple of years when you're looking for the temperature it's not the temperature you want it's the feels like if you go on the bbc weather app yeah they've got the temperature but then they've also got the feels like, and that'll take because I've recently spent a year living in Montreal. Yes. So it will tell you that it's like minus eight, but it's really it feels like minus. 22, oh, right.
0: You know? okay. So it's a trick. Yes. It's a dirty but trick. Around for work,
2: <laughs> it can be. So If you ever live in a cold climate, you learn that. So let me see what the feels like today is. All right it right feels now, pretty it's 33 hot. Celsius where I am, but it feels like 39 Celsius.
0: Now, we've got to start where a lot of people our age will be begging us to start. And we really do apologise if this makes you feel old. But we've got to start with the CBBC sketch show, Sorry I've Got No Head. You started in it and you co-wrote series, I think, two and three was it of the comedy series i mean those catchphrases were shouted up and down playgrounds all across the country i think it was in in 2009. Was that just the most Tremendous fun to do Was it just having a Daft laugh with your mates
2: Yeah f- That's the
1: first time I've ever met anyone Who was the generation Who watched it <laughs> <laughs> That's slightly <laughs> embarrassing For us really Oh we loved it It was absolutely oh. pre- I think you don't realise How much joy you gave To the playground Every time we had to Bring our lunch money And you know A thousand pounds The catchphrase A thousand pounds kept coming up. Yeah,
2: That was Marcus Brigstock And James Bartman But no that was Loads of fun I wasn't in series one But I joined In series two And You know, I wrote some of the sketches on it. The thing with kids TV, it's enormous fun, but you do you film like an unbelievable amount in one day. So I remember going in, I was playing the main character in a series of sketches. Every sketch was about three pages, and it was mainly me talking. I had sort of learned it, but I thought, I'll be all right, because we'll just do it one sketch at a time. And then the director said, Well, we're going to shoot all of you first and then we'll turn around and shoot everyone else. It was like 30 pages of dialogue. I was so embarrassed. It was a really nice group of people and uh, a lot of um, fun. A lot of breakout
0: stars as well. And it was so silly. It was just loved. We absolutely loved it. Another sketch show that is my favourite. And it was only the one series, Anna and Katie, which did that kind of transcend from, sorry, I've got no hair. Did that silliness go into that at all? I don't think so. Obviously, Anna Crilly was in both.
2: I love that you loved that because that feels like one of the things I've done that completely went under the radar. I think he should have got another series. Come on.
0: I loved it. It's the only time I've ever written to a production company or a channel in my entire life was to say, "Please do more. Please commission yeah, this again," because it was so oh, funny. It, I think it was That's one of the, the nice. first sketch shows to do like an apprentice kind of sketch as well. I think, and there was so many since then. But I think it was the first time. I think you were in like a little caravan or a little shed or something, and there was this one whiteboard or something like that. It was really funny.
2: The apprentice one. I just remember one day Duncan Bannatyne came in because he was on Dragon's Den, obviously. He was playing like the boss in that series of sketches. They got him in as like a cameo. Well, it was on my birthday. It was like, they brought Duncan Bannatyne in for my birthday and he was wearing a leather jacket, like a Gucci brown leather jacket. And Alec Krilli really said to him, Oh, that's amazing. They've got you that jacket. That's perfect. That's hilarious. And it was his jacket. <laughs> did he wear it in the end? Yeah, he wore it in the show. But I think he's like, I think the rumor was that he, he did that because at the time he was thinking about trying to
0: get into acting. <laughs> wow. What could it be? You were in the Royal Shakespeare Company, weren't you, in the early 2000s? How was that in comparison? Was that? incredibly serious sort of i think the reason i've not been mad is i didn't take it seriously enough
2: so there was a group of us fairies all sharing a dressing room and we were just we pissed about a lot i remember oliver maltman uh one time i was on stage and he had recorded a fart of stephen white who was also in the cast. And I was on stage about to give my only like mini speech and just off stage, like literally like a metre away from me, Ollie Mottman was playing the fart into my ear and I was just on stage in front of like, I don't know, I don't know, 800 people just laughing, like full on laughing, not even like, just full on laughing on stage <laughs> did, you, did you
0: try and cover it and, and turn it into the speech oh, it was just impossible
2: I was like and then I the guy who played Theseus got really angry because I interrupted his speech too
0: early <laughs> and then they never invited me back so that's my next <laughs> big career but you've got that story out of it, so it's kind of worth it at the end really
1: yeah something else we just wanted to talk to you about was Hoff the Record which I know you're quite proud about we heard you talk on Brett Goldstein's podcast about that as well which he was in and I, th- I, I remember seeing this I think but I don't remember I remember watching the whole thing for whatever reason it is another criminally underrated sitcom i know you're quite pleased with it and it, it was great and we've re- revisited some clips what was that like you're in a whatsapp group aren't you still with david hasselhoff
2: oh it's true actually yeah yeah it's been it's gone a bit quiet actually
1: <laughs> over the years <laughs>
2: but, um yeah every now and again because you have been on different times then i'd turn my phone onto airplane mode at like one in the morning because david hasselhoff was texting me <laughs> <laughs>
1: what was he saying happy new year
2: yeah, a variety of things. He sent me a really nice message for my birthday
1: last year that went quite mental. Um, <laughs> Not your 40th, though. Your special 39th. Why did it go mental? Was it a poem? I
2: can't remember. It was a poem,
1: actually. It was. <laughs> oh, wow.
2: It might have got anti-Semitic towards the end. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's classic, Half Within one minute of meeting everyone, uh, the Berlin Wall comes up. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I, I specialise in being in... Um, criminally underrated uh, TV shows. Yeah, but that means that, you, you got yeah.
1: a lot of respect and respect is the most important thing. Um, when you were Thanks, creating man. comedy characters when you were a bit younger, let's say, were you doing it from the very earliest age? Were you creating things? Um, did you have siblings that you did stuff with? Silly voices, that kind of thing. Everyone has a different tale. Every comedian actor has a different story. They sometimes come to it late. What was your journey? Yeah, it was a show-off. Yeah,
2: I was like... There's a really embarrassing video of me when I'm like four doing an impression of Ronald Reagan <laughs>
1: <There was laughs> every four year old is impression. such a fan of Reagan so
2: niche <laughs> so i was already doing like political satire but yeah, I was just a massive show up We loved doing silly voices. I
0: always um,
2: liked irritating people with annoying voices.
0: But well, that's good. And and you're still doing that very much in a good way, especially oh, with your, your middle-class dad character on Twitter at the moment, which is just phenomenal. I mean, everyone is loving it, especially when he reads Detective Roger Le Carre and all that kind of stuff. People are loving it. Um, we saw you did a sketch with Ashling B., in 2013 i well, love this you actually know my career <laughs> we do we're very it's really funny as well it's a really <laughs> funny sketch actually and you are you were a drama teacher of sorts who was very similar to the to the dad character and it was so funny did it kind of stem from that or have you been doing it for a few years prior
2: uh it did sort of stem from that uh, Sophie Black, who's a really good friend of mine, who I did that thing with. And she was interviewing me as different characters, improvised characters, and she'd interviewed me as a dialect coach. And I came out with that voice, that character, who at the time was called Nigel. I sort of said goodbye to him, but I was living in Montreal and um, I just came up with the idea of, in that voice, um, sending a message to my son at university.
1: And a legend was born. (laughs) It certainly was. I mean, it it, it has been extremely
0: popular. And keep doing them, please, because they're hilarious. Is there anything that you, you would really like to do in your future career? You've done so much... Is there anything really burning at the back of your mind that you'd really love to do? Would you really like to write something particular, or be in something? Like loads.
2: I don't sit here thinking, "Oh, I've had this amazing career. I'd love to like have my own sitcom. I'd like to make a sitcom out of that like, dad character. That'd be good, right?" I'd like to make a sitcom with him. I've always wanted to like. I did an advert once directed by Amando Yunoki, but I've always wanted to work with him on one of his shows. I would have loved to have been in like the thick of it, or something like that.
1: I'm surprised I you're not in it, actually. Mm. That, that, that we'll seems love, right out of your street.
2: Yes. You know, I'd love to be a massive movie star, guys. I'd love to teach people surfing in Costa Rica.
0: Do you watch a lot of telly, Fergus, in your spare time? Do you watch loads of it? What's your relationship with it? I think it's hard. It would be hard to find
2: someone who watches more. Until I was in my 30s, if I was in the house the TV was
0: on, if I was in the house and awake, It's
2: embarrassing how much
0: TV I watch. (laughs) Let's get on to the TV. Uh, Congratulations, Fergus Craig. You've won a luxury weekend break to the idyllic city of Preston, where you'll be spending all your time in the finest twin bedroom Preston's Travelodge has to offer. It's, of course, common knowledge there's little to do in Preston other than to sit in bed all day, and watch television. We hope you have a pleasant stay. So you've got your four TV options that we'll get on to in a second, which are subheaded under four different categories, and you've got your two bonus choices as well. But first, let's go on to the TV show that makes you think of your childhood that you will take to Preston.
2: Off the top of my head, I tell you what was kind of significant. There's a sitcom called a kid's show, Made Marion and Her Merry Men. And it was written by Tony Robinson, who is Voldrick in Blackout.
1: absolutely and of course of time team for our um, <laughs> more elderly listeners <laughs>
2: so i you know i haven't ever seen it since i was a kid but it felt like proper comedy written for kids so i don't know i would have been a nine or ten and we like joked about that we've like talked about that a lot at school and it felt like one of the things that might have got me into comedy was made marion and a merry minute i mean i don't know if it was any good <laughs> but at the time but it's good, like comedy for kids that's sort of like at their level but not patronizing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was a sitcom with songs in it, it was a proper sitcom without an audience. The whole premise was that Robin Hood was a wimp and the real leader of the gang had been made Marion.
1: That sounds pretty good, sounds quite progressive. It sounds like something that'll be made now
0: but then ruined by Hollywood. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. maybe. Your second choice is a TV show that gets you laughing. Right, I could give you so many things, obviously. The show that I remember
2: making me laugh the most that made my face hurt. You know how, like with music, they say the music that you most like for the rest of your life is the music that was out when you were 15. So I think it's the same with comedy. So embarrassingly... Or maybe not embarrassing it. All my favourite comedy is from the nineties. The one that I remember laughing at the most till my face hurt was the Smell of Reeves and Mortimer. It felt like it was just for me. And you couldn't possibly be them. They were just so funny. And I don't think anyone's ever like recreated that kind of vibe that Reeves and Mortimer had. But The
1: one I'm going to go for is the day-to-day, Chris Morris. Chris Morris, some hilarious satire. It's fantastic. I've seen so many clips, um, and he was so ahead of his time as well. It's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah.
2: So, so many people that I love started on um, the day-to-day. Obviously, it was Chris Morris's thing, and he was, like, an utter hero and seemed so cool because he was so, like reclusive you you never got him on any fucking
1: podcast anti-establishment
2: yeah he seemed so and it was like it was impossible to even imagine him laughing obviously he did you never you was never interviewed or anything you just just he was played these like stone cold characters and you could not he just seemed like i don't know like hard (laughs) in like an intellectual way and then but like alan partridge obviously came from the day-to-day so like it spawned one of the best comedy characters ever and then and just steve coogan in general and then you had like rebecca front duma keegan who i went on to work with and is amazing they're
1: all fantastic
2: yeah what's his name david schneider it was so dense with jokes and it felt really smart and yeah and it was sort of ahead of its time in the sense that it's sort of Everyone, what everyone says about it is it sort of predicted the way news was headed.
0: So for anyone who might not have, have seen the show or, or maybe slightly younger, what, how would you describe the show? Was it, uh, was it satire? Was it, a, was, it, was it a sketch show? Of course, people recognise Chris Morris from the IT Crowd Series 1. It's basically a sketch
2: show under the guise of a parody news programme. So the first time I saw it, I would have been like 14. I saw the first five minutes of the first episode when it was broadcast live. And I thought it was the news. So the first, our news, the first item on it was that Prince Charles was going to go into prison to like, spend some time as a convict to like, bring the nation together or something. And because it was done in like, such a newsy, such an accurate parody, and you'd never seen anything like that before, there was no audience. And I was 14. I thought, oh, fucking hell, this is the news. And there, there was so many things. There was, there was one where they, like, they did a thing about an office they did basically a fly-on-the-wall documentary about an
1: office that was kind of The Office. That sounds a great one. That sounds quite a seminal moment in your comedy career.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was probably the comedy show that had the biggest impact on me. Made me, I want to hang around with those guys.
0: And you ultimately did with some of them.
2: Some of them. I did a play with Doom McKeegan. Rebecca Fronts retweeted me a few times. That was nice. That felt good. Met Coogan yeah well what would david yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah what with a few of them let's move on to your first bonus option which is your television personality you can be an actor actress anything you like uh to take with you to preston to watch these television shows with who's going to be accompanying you
2: okay Um, I'm going for, um, I'm trying trying to think of someone who doesn't say anything. So, I don't know, like Kenny from South Park. I hate it when people talk when the TV's on. We're supposed to be listening. Can everyone shut the fuck up, please? So we can watch the program. You can talk in the adverts. (laughs) I'll quite aggressively live pause the TV. Anytime someone says
0: something, I'll just pause to listen. I really appreciate that. I really love that. Especially if you've never seen it before. You just shut the hell up and get on with it. Yeah, there's the odd thing you can do that with.
2: Obviously you, obviously, you can do it with sport. I would say you can do it with Judge Judy, maybe. That sort of level. You can't do that with The Sopranos. So, yeah, I'll go for Kenny from South Park because he never says anything.
1: Okay. And doesn't it infuriate you as well that when people are on their phones during some sort of intense drama or narrative like you just said the sopranos there people are on their phones doing breaking bad people are actually reading other things let's say you know what what it's, it's dreadful isn't it it's the same as talking isn't it surely because your brain is elsewhere
2: well i'll be honest i'm one of those people oh yeah, i am dear. usually doing something else when i'm watching tv i play a lot of football manager on my laptop okay when i'm watching tv you know i'm football manager i don't know if you've ever played it but it tells you how long you've played so i saw it today and it was like 500 and something hours but what that is is like how long I've watched
0: TV. <laughs> it's a pretty good barometer is it... then, isn't it? It's parallel.
2: Yeah, yeah. I am on my laptop most of the time when I watch the TV, which is bad.
0: So, Kenny from South Park, you said he won't say anything. Any other reason why you'd like to take him? Do you think he liked like the options you've taken to Preston?
2: Mate, I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> my thinking behind Kenny is so shallow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just
2: trying to think of someone who doesn't talk. What, um, what, who else would it be
1: that you would take that does it doesn't matter whether they do a bit of talking or not? Say you could take anyone on the planet, but you can tell them to shut up in the politest way possible and they will oblige.
2: I always like cricket commentators because they, they spend their whole lives together. They basically watch TV all day long and they've got quite good chat. And my favourite is Michael Atherton, just seems like quite chilled, quite smart. Not as alpha and annoying as both. um, I'll go Michael Atherton.
1: (laughs) We've had a bit of a U-turn there, guys. It was Kenny from South Park. Now it's Michael Atherton, the cricket commentator.
0: They're they're often bracketed together. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they are. They're often seen walking down Richmond High Street together.
0: Would you like to be a cricket commentator
1: if someone asked you to?
0: I reckon
2: that that is the best job there is because the places in the world that play cricket are the UK, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, India, Pakistan, and the West Indies. So you basically do a circuit of those countries every three years. You've got friends in each country because you've been going back every few years. You're always there when the weather's nice. You stay in unbelievable hotels. You've got a good excuse to get away from your family. I honestly think it's the, I would say, cricket commentator or maybe golf. But golf people seem more twatty. So I think cricket commentator is the best job in the world.
1: They're both mind-numbingly slow sports, though, Fergus. You're a fan of both?
2: When I say that, I watch a number of people TV. Like, a lot of that is sport. I mean, maybe we should go straight to one of my choices. Yeah. Bonus choice, right? There's one of them, my bonus choice, right?
0: What your, your free hit, the one you couldn't live without.
2: My free hit.
0: Let's do it now. Let's my, do your free hit now.
2: My free hit is um, is Sky Sports cricket coverage, but it would be whoever is has the rights to cricket. I've never seen cricket coverage that I didn't like. To test cricket. So before that it was Channel 4, and before that was BBC that I grew up with. It's just such an enjoyable background noise. I love the noises of the sport, the murmur of the crowd, willow on wood. It's just that right, relaxing level of intensity. I mean, insomnia, the best is when England are playing cricket somewhere like New Zealand or something and it's on at two in the morning and you can just lie on the couch and just sort of snooze to it so enjoyable yeah re I know
1: it's sort of cheating it's not really but it's a t it's a t- it's a tv it's the coverage that I like it's not just the sport oh absolutely you can have that yeah. we haven't had that before no
0: it's a really good option know yeah, a- I don't think anyone's ever chosen sport before football coverage I do love football but football coverage you have
2: to tolerate people like Robbie Savage or whoever you have to tolerate a lot of alpha males and a lot of banter and a lot of like in-your-face graphics and stuff. Cricket is just a bit more chilled. It's you get you get the intensity of and drama of sport, but you also get a lot of downtime. On a Saturday on a Saturday afternoon at the cricket, usually about five when the crowd are a bit pissed up, game is a bit slow. The camera will go to some amusing people in the crowd, and David Lloyd will, who, you know, if you don't follow cricket, is an ex-cricketer, he's in his 70s, he's from Accrington. he's a very funny man. Basically does um, observational, observational humour about the people in the crowd. David Lloyd's great. I once turned on the cricket, he was commentating on the cricket, and the first words I heard him say were like, in carpets, stone roses, proper music. They have to fill
0: their days and they talk about everything. That's fantastic. I must admit, I've never watched cricket all the way through enough to to listen to the commentary. I've only really ever seen highlights. Have you ever, I suppose you probably have, have you ever sat and watched an entire Test series or have you ever watched the Ashes straight through? I've never seen every ball because that is quite hard.
2: But I have watched an embarrassing amount. I have watched many full days of Test cricket coverage, certainly.
0: Have you been to see it live before? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, a few times. I live quite near the Oval. And a good tip, before they stop doing it, a good tip is if you go down to a cricket match at about four, when people are leaving, you just put on a really non-threatening face. Sometimes people will give you their ticket and then you have to sort of talk your way in
0: because they go, oh, you didn't check out and you just make up a lie. It's not
2: allowed, but, you know.
0: Well, that is a fantastic option. We've never had sport before on this show. It's really good.
1: Really bonded there, I feel.
0: Um, anyway, we better get back to the TV. Uh, your last TV choice is a TV show that gets you sweating. It doesn't have to be a drama, it can be whatever you like, it can be a, a comedy show. We've, we've had a, t- a total crap a cock throughout the, the history of this. I thought you were going to say total wipeout, and you ended up no. saying total cock. Uh, let's see where we go here with you. I was
2: going to go, I'll give an honorable mention to The Sopranos because I, I know you've had it mentioned before. I am re watching it at the moment. I would say that The Sopranos is the only long-running TV series that I can think of that has never had a bad episode. Can't do this without mentioning reality TV, like in the, in the high point of reality TV, I was, I was well into early Big Brother. I was well into early Simon Cowell stuff. Well into early America's Next Top Model. That was really good. The one I'm gonna go for, which I don't think you've had, it wasn't on your list, was The Wire. The reason I'm going for The Wire, right, I think it's my favorite TV series ever. There was a period when it was out where it became very irritating how much everyone was telling you to watch The Wire. But I got on it early enough that I that, that didn't put me off. Like, so I've never seen Breaking Bad because it just became too annoying. It was already sport for me. So I'm now going to spoil The Wire for everyone. It was a five series, American uh, sort of crime show set in Baltimore about the drugs trade basically in Baltimore and the police department. I reckon what makes any certainly drama series brilliant is when it has a world, right? A very recognizable world, preferably one that you're not familiar with. And that world has its own language and it's interesting to be part of that world, right? So Mad Men, 1960s Madison Avenue. I don't know if it was accurate, but I'm happy to go like suspend my disbelief and go, ah, there's that world, right? The wire has five series, and every series introduces you to a new world in Baltimore. The first series, what permeates through the whole thing is the police department, right? The first series you're introduced to the corner, the world of the drug dealers and the hierarchy within that. Unbelievable. And that's where you're introduced with Idris Elbows in is one of the like key drugs dealers, introduced to all the dynamics that you get in that world. Second series, the docks. And that's like white working-class people in Baltimore, and the docks are sort of dying, but they make their money kind of through organised crime coming in through drugs and stuff. Third series, politics, the world of politics, the corruption that facilitates all of this crime. How can they get away with it if they don't have some politicians on board? Fourth season, probably the best season, the children. What about the children who are caught up in this... Fight. So then you follow like a, a group of like, I think they're like 12, 13 year old boys uh, who are at school and they're, and you know, they've got dreams, they've got hopes, but they're like little kids and they don't really have functioning parents. Very sad, but very cute. Unbelievable. Fifth series, News, The Baltimore Sun. And that's where the fifth series isn't as good as the others because the whole show was created by David Simon, who was a uh, journalist for the Baltimore Sun. And he, I think. Series five isn't as good as the others because he was too close to that world. So he had too much sentimentality
1: about it. Everyone always binges these things now. Did you binge it at the time? I know you said you got on it, you got on the train right away, but was it a weekly thing? I assume it was obviously released weekly on American television. Yeah, I wasn't on it early enough that I was watching it like on. T- I think it came
2: out on TV here, like after a lot of people had watched it. I got hold of a DVD box set of it. yeah we've only heard
1: brilliant amazing things about it is there one scene in particular without maybe too many spoilers that you were just completely and utterly on the edge of your seat Uh, with
2: you know if you watch homeland right you know they can't kill claire danes so you know claire danes gonna be in it the wire doesn't have a character like that so they don't is no no one was famous before they're on the wire so anyone could
1: die at any point
0: that makes um, it very
1: thrilling, then, doesn't it, and really quite unpredictable. Yeah. Properly
0: loved it. I always get it confused. I actually don't know if it has anything to do with it. Does the wire in the blood with Robson Green on ITV have anything? To... <laughs> is, is it like a UK? Anything to do
1: with Robson Green is nothing to do with American <laughs> know, crime is dramas. It like, is it
0: like a UK spin-off? I've never known. Well, it's just completely uh, different. It's set in the northeast. <laughs> oh Christ. No,
1: it's not really. No, you're getting mixed up. It's Ro- it's
2: Robson Green's fishing show was based on it. No, I don't think it's got anything to do with it. I don't think
1: so. They took it to the UK and they couldn't find anyone else to do it but Robson Green. Well,
0: that's the kind of stupid cockwomble casting <laughs> they do with a massive...
1: Uh, that's a little bit disrespectful to Robson Green. You're not a fan of him as an actor?
0: Well, I love him.
1: I love you
0: him. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've got a pin-up of him on my wall. In
1: Grantchester.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bit dishy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the Wire, that's a great choice. I assume at the time you were watching it alone or with
0: friends or with girlfriend?
2: With my girlfriend. I made my way through it with
1: my uh, girlfriend. <laughs>
0: Your second bonus choice uh, is going to be your unlimited food supply that you get to take to Preston with you, which you get to munch onto your heart's content throughout the entire weekend that you're spending in Preston with Michael Atherton. I'm going to go pull Scratchings. Nice, nice even though really you hate possibly. them with a passion. I despise them, but they <laughs> yeah. could be sponsoring this episode, so I love pork scratchings.
1: <laughs> pork scratchings, explain your love. I love a pork scratching as well, the sort of salty, crackly goodness. Scratch. I, hardly
2: ever have, I hardly ever have pork scratchings, if I can ever get my hands on it It's one of them things, you see it in the shop, I, I only have them in the pub. I've had them in my house once or twice. I mean, that feels like you're breaking a law if you bring pork scratchings into your house. But it's, since this is a fantasy world, I'll take port scratchings.
0: Do you guys have an association with Preston? Not in the slightest, no. We, we chose it months and months ago. And we now just it's thought under we fucking liked... lockdown, yeah. isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's quite topical now. It really looks, it looks good now, doesn't it? But <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah, no. It
0: feels like if I was from Preston,
1: I'd be phenomenally insulted. Yes, that is the plan, yeah. <laughs>
0: We're hoping one day we get to spend a weekend in that travel lodge in the city centre. where Wow, well, that is the
1: dream. That really is the dream. Such a fuck you to Preston. It is a real fuck you to I'd Preston to, for no reason. I'd like to say to the people
2: of Preston now that I do not associate myself with this. Preston hate. Preston
0: Hate. Very similarly, I, I I think pork scratchings are absolute disgrace. You know, I appreciate the fact you love them, but they're hairy. They're hairy bits of uh, just uh. But
1: when you think of pork scratchings, I think you're imagining a pig's, you know, trotter. And it's not that. Oh, no, you no. know it's not that. It's I'm the not, sort no. of scrapings it, that come is off it the battered, pork. is it? No, it's not battered. It? How would you describe them, Fergus, to a, sort of I an, an alien? Know.
2: I think it's like dried salted
1: Pink fat very salted as well Mm, mm, mm. yeah but it is nice (laughs) isn't it if bacon was described to you you wouldn't like it either you wouldn't like the sound of it
2: I oh, like pig's trotters. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> You're on your own with that one. I was sort of where exaggerating. Can get,
2: where can you get a pig's trotters? You, you can. In in Greg's, a, can you? A, when you get older, lads, and you start...
1: Get a bit of money, you, you can you buy a, a pork, money, pork trotter.
2: You'll find that there are some very posh London, British-themed restaurants where they'll charge you a fuckload for a pig's trotter.
1: What does it taste like? <laughs> What's the texture? Oh, it tastes like pork scratches, but posh. And it's just
2: fatty. It's like a potted beef. I like those old British fatty foods. Yeah, British. Meet... It has
1: to be really British as well. <laughs>
2: fatty, meaty. Straight from
1: Nigel Farage's gusset. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. I thought you were developing into the word I rectum. Am. Gusset, no, yeah. fine. Um, do you not? Yeah. I, do you eat the nail? Do you, like, you know, sort of like the the fingernail. The the. I don't
2: even know what you're eating. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. But it's, it's
1: good. Oh, I have to try Just that try pig's it, yeah. trotter. I would try Ooh, that. No. I'd try anything probably. When, when you get
0: older, you can. When I get older, when, I will. Once you've done blandings, you're allowed to have it. <laughs> yeah. that I'm
1: is a, the rule. I'm assuming it's an acquired taste.
0: Well, there you go. Your childhood option that you're taking to Preston is made marionette and her merry men your laughing choice was the day-to-day your sweating choice is the wire and your free hit the show you couldn't live without is sky sports cricket coverage you're taking michael atherton and you're going to be eating a limited supply of pork scratchings happy with those choices yeah i am actually yeah
1: slight yes, disclaimer so. fergus right. does not hate preston he's looking forward to it and he's going mm-hmm. to be sent off with his competition ticket with Michael Atherton. You've smashed that. That's been lovely. Thank you so much, Fergus.
0: Thank you so much for that. Um, It's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, there we go. Pigs, Trotters, Nigel Farage's Gusset and Midnight Text from David Hasselhoff. That was Fergus Craig's episode of the show. And
1: you coined the phrase crapper cock <laughs> for <laughs> anything you don't like. If someone's talking twaddle, <laughs> they're talking total crapper and cock. We had
0: cock womble in there as well. It was a real <laughs> cock-hungry episode. <laughs>
1: I don't think he'd appreciate us saying that. (laughs) That was fun. I enjoyed that old Fergie. Yeah, It was 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 nice, wasn't it? Uh,
0: He's been in some of our favourite shows, especially Anna Katie. Sorry I've Got No Head. Some of those real shows that we have laughed, belly laughed even, throughout our entire childhood. His childhood choice was Maid Marian and Her Merry Men.
1: Not a show I've seen, but one that does sound like it... It was for kids, as he said, but it wasn't patronising. And that's exactly the reason why we love Sorry I've Got No Head.
0: And written by Tony Robinson as well
1: of Blackadder and Baldrick and Time Team fame and as you say Tony Robinson an ambulance goes past <laughs> I was hoping it was going to happen right now but it didn't
0: <laughs> the TV show that got him laughing was the day to day he'd realised he'd actually worked with so many of his heroes from that show quite remarkable
1: yeah I mean Rebecca Front's more than willing to retweet this this episode when it goes out as well if she wants <laughs> to but some of his comedy heroes um, and for us in a way it was meeting one of our own today as well
0: Michael Atherton was his TV personality that he is taken to Preston... Bit of cricket for you?
1: Yes, with a good tennis sound effect. Yeah. (laughs) If you like cricket and you like the people that present cricket and are part of the coverage, totally understandable why you take Michael Atherton. I wouldn't because I hate cricket and I'm assuming you're going to get onto this in a moment but it's so boring.
0: It is really boring, isn't it? But for Fergus, he can watch it on mute because his free hit was Sky Sports cricket coverage so Michael Atherton can commentate over the cricket.
1: And don't say we don't provide viewers with handy tips. If you walk on down to the oval outside when there's a cricket game going on and look friendly you might get someone's
0: ticket as they exit mm, tricky tricky yeah. nice could report him for that's illegal <laughs> But no, Cricket, uh, you couldn't pay me to watch it. And the TV show that gets him sweating was The Wire, not to be confused with Wire in the Blood (laughs) with Robson Green. Well, do
1: you know, I think we were a little bit too quick to um, criticise you because, to be fair, and I've looked it up since, it's about a criminal psychologist that deals with serial killers. It is a drama. It is a thriller. It's not as far away from The Wire as we both thought it was at the time when we laughed at you. It
0: was one of the only shows, The Wire in the Blood, that my parents wouldn't let me watch because it was too graphic.
1: The DVD's in eighteen, I just saw a photo. Of Is it? it. Well, yeah. I wasn't
0: allowed to watch it. It was one yeah. of the, they let me watch everything. Little Britain at the time, you know, was quite rude. Uh, but they weren't allowing me to watch Wire in the Blood. Yeah. So
1: we'll we'll let you off. We shouldn't have laughed at you
0: quite so vehemently as we did. I thought it was <laughs> bullying at the time, but I let it slide for comic effect. <laughs> and his unlimited food snack was pork scratchings. I think they are devil food uh but he likes them and, and you I like, like them, them and they're crunchy and they're snacky and they're hairy
1: and one day when we're older we might enjoy a pig trotter or two
0: lovely day it was a hot day didn't like it i'd have a shower good day